How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Welcome to Tech Vibe Radio. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And Gina Winstead here. Ah, ha, ha, ha. You caught me off guard. Yeah, I try and see you're <laughs> new to the game, and I'm trying to like mix it up for you. So, Gina, I'm, you know, this is Tech Five Radio, and I'm so happy to have you as my co-host because Audrey can't make it tonight. We're on the radio. I know she's always in a million places. She is. She's always getting back from some country or some other city. Exactly. So she can bring back the best knowledge to our organization and our exactly. region. Exactly. In the meantime, you're just, you're going to be her her better self and yeah, yeah. Uh, hanging out with us tonight. I'm glad to do it. So, real quick, tell us about yourself, Gina. You do some Great stuff at the Tech Council. I want our listeners to know all about what yeah, you do. So I've been with the Tech Council almost two years. I'm the Director of Member Engagement here, and I'm also recently named the Director of Diversity and Inclusion. So you need to add one more title. And I'm also the KIZ Coordinator for Greater Oakland. Well, I was thinking the other title... Which, which one is Part-time that? radio host with me. Part-time yes. radio See, host. you got to update your LinkedIn profile. Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> here with Jonathan Kirsting. I, this is totally going on LinkedIn. You should. I encourage. I'm taking a picture of you right now. Do it. <laughs> Just take a picture of my other side. <laughs> a boomerang. Do you know what a boomerang is? A boomerang, people yeah. that come back to Pittsburgh. <laughs> that's one definition. Okay. But for the younger folks, it's oh. a video that's like two seconds and it it shakes back and forth. It's like is that a boomerang? Yeah, See, this is where I know nothing. Not yeah, I'm so I'm so far. That's why you need me here? I'm so far removed from anything cool. It's like not even funny. <laughs> we'll help you. That's but why there, I'm here. There's one thing that I think is super cool. It's the Carnegie Science Center Award. Really, really yes. cool. This is like been going on for decades now. I know. Yeah, it's exciting stuff because every year in May. They honor like it's educators, it's scientists, it's entrepreneurs, it's technologists, mm-hmm. and these are folks that don't often get the limelight put on them. No. And man, for one big night, and really a lot of leading up to it, a lot of a lot of attention paid to some really deserving people. Right. And so I couldn't be more happy to be hanging out with Jason Brown, who leads up the Science Center, to kind of talk about what's going on for this year's Science Center Awards. Jason, thanks for hanging out with us. Yeah. Thanks for having me here. I'm already prepping my suit. You are? <laughs> are you get, like, what thinner, does that entail? Thinner, thinner, thinner lapels this year? Is that the new style for yeah, the suit? Yeah, probably. Okay. Uh, but I'm like Skinny you. Skinny tie, maybe? Oh, yeah, and leather, probably. Oh. Leather, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> going back to the 80s, doing yeah. retro. <laughs> Very cool. I've got to plan out my sequence now or something, I guess. Yeah, so it could be a whole 80s vibe going yeah, on. Big hair, yeah, big hair, bangs. Big hair, bangs. I might mm-hmm. go for like a mullet or something like that. Totally do the mullet. Perfect. It's a good look. <laughs> so the Science Center Awards, how long has it been going on for now? 24 years. See, I was right when I said decades. I know it. It's, it's like a staple what goes on in Pittsburgh's education and technology. It is. And we've had, in that time, we've recognized over 600 different individuals and organizations for the work 600. that they do around Pittsburgh. Yeah. It's pretty incredible. Wow. The stories are really amazing when you see and hear about what these, these people's backstories are. It's just, it's phenomenal the work that's going on here in this city. And it's so easily overlooked because there's so much of it. And so we just want to make sure we call it to the forefront. Right. So this is mm-hmm. happening May uh, 10th? 8th? I'm going to help you guys out here. May 8th. May 8th. May 8th. Sorry, May 8th. I had to check my calendar. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, here's the reason because May 8th seems like it's forever and away. It is. But it's not. No. It'll be here before we know it. And, but before May 8th comes, we need nominees. We do. Uh, we ha- Nominations are open through December 1st. And right. there are 16 award categories. And it's everything from entrepreneurs to um, organizations, companies, nonprofits, students, uh, 
educators, um, communicators. Yep. So really anyone who's doing something in the science sector or the science um, angle of Pittsburgh right. who's doing something that's either new or different or creative or just figuring out how to do things better. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. So you have to December 1st to nominate. To nominate okay, go people. out there, and it's really easy to nominate, too. It is. Like, you know, you go there, there's an application, you fill it out, yep. turn it in. Just go to CarnegieScienceCenter.org, and it's right on there. And the thing about it, too, is that last year we had something like 225 nominations. And wow. so we can only recognize, you know, about 16 of them. And so it's really, to read through these things, there are so many people who got overlooked last year. They weren't overlooked, but just couldn't be chosen. Okay, so, so if you submitted last year but weren't chosen, can you submit again? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We encourage that. That's a tough call because, I mean, you're, you're kind of comparing things and you're like, well, how do we decide? How do you decide? Uh, well, we actually have outside panelists okay. um, made up of former um, former winners and other people from the sector who, gotcha. uh, who do it. We don't. We simply facilitate Facilitate. It. They yeah. read through it and they kind of... Suss out like who, the who's most deserving yeah. from this category. And they do like that, right? yeah. And it's, and it's really the way they do it is um, they're really thoughtful and they just want to make sure that they pick the right people. Exactly. So, so they, 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 I know they put a lot of their effort and their time to making this happen. They so. do, and it's really broad too. So it's not just you know people think typically like it's got to be a scientist or it's got to no. be an engineer. But right. we're looking at educators. We're looking at people in career and technical education, which I think is one of those areas that mm-hmm. people often overlook when you they're thinking about STEM educators as well too, which Absolutely. is always kind of exciting. And in my field, I'm always like wondering who's out there kind of communicating Media the science and the tech and stuff like that. Definitely. Indeed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So cool. for, can I give you a couple examples? Please do. Sure. All right. So last year, 412 Food Rescue uh, received an Our award friends. for information technology. We yes. love Leah Lizarondo. Oh, She's amazing. amazing. It's yep. amazing. Yeah. The way that app just matches people who want to bring food from places Let's that have take it, it to everywhere somewhere else. all over the globe. It's incredible, mm-hmm. right? And I bet there are people out there who have no idea about this organization yeah. and what it's doing and how it's growing. And so that's an example. Um, a team from the National Energy Technology Laboratory, they won an award for innovation in energy. And okay. what they essentially did was created a database that enables them to track global carbon emissions in a way that hopefully will help to drop them in the long term. So it's it's they're doing things not only for this region but for you know the whole planet. Absolutely. I also know our board chair Jason Wolf was also yeah. absolutely last oh, right. year. He's your well board chair. Yeah, I know yeah. Jason. You want to talk about an entrepreneur? And that you want to talk about an incredible st- backstory? Exactly. Too. That's and that's why I think it's so cool that you're honoring this every single year. What's even cooler is the fact that people know that they won. There's a month stretch. It's not announced at the awards. They're, they're celebrated at the awards. I like that because people know what's going to happen. It's not like it's going to be announced. It's announced early. Yep. So there's a whole lead up yeah. to it. So I think when you get there, you everyone's – You bring your whole posse with yeah, you everyone, everyone, to cheer for you. Everyone's right? there to celebrate and have a really, really good time. That's why the tech council likes yeah. being a part of it because it touches – our community and really honors the people that are working hard, the men and women that are working so hard to build companies and be entrepreneurs, guys like Jason Wolf. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to be there for that night and then all the recognition you give them for those like two or three months that leads up to it, phenomenal. Yeah, so. I was there last year. It was a wonderful event. I mean, the food alone was just so delicious. I was going to say, it's a big party, right? It was a huge party, and there's so many different innovative food uh, collections, too. And so that... Aim to please. we got to stay with the theme, right? I know. Exactly. It's a very science-y. <laughs> science-y. With it, were, were, were they <laughs> serving, like, tiramisu in, like, a test tube or something like that? Yeah. <laughs> I think we had some... Uh, Nitrogen infused well, foods too. Well, they're they cooking s'mores on over a, a Reuben's tube and there you, you know, go. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah liquid cool. nitrogen ice cream. We do all sorts of things. You're like making that. me hungry now. And yes. we the other great thing about this past year is we brought it back to the science center. We now have I was space. Gonna, I was for gonna, it. You got this wonderful, beautiful space over there, and it keeps space. it keeps it right there at home. So once again, it'll be of course at at the science center. Absolutely, it's in uh, what's called Point View Hall, which is in our new PPG Science Pavilion. It's right. the top floor. It holds about 500 people, and it's got an incredible terrace. Last year. 
The weather was beautiful mm-hmm. as well. So you can go out on the terrace. It holds several hundred people. It's got an amazing view of the point. I'd argue it could be the best view of downtown anywhere in the city, even better than Mount Washington. Uh, I would agree. It's just yeah. an incredible space. So not only do you get the benefit of seeing these and hearing about these great people and eating great food and having great cocktails, but the whole uh, environment and ambiance is just For phenomenal. Sure. Yes. So we've got about a minute left. Yes. What else is happening at the Science Center that you want to talk Tell about? Tell us some things. Mummies of yeah. the World, the exhibition. Is, oh, we're so excited for this. We That's just cool. opened about a week and a half ago. It's yeah. incredible. When it, is it, it running really until? Is it runs through uh, April, end of April, April 20th. Okay. Very cool. And it is just phenomenal. It's um, 25 mummies from around the world. So most people think about Egypt as the place that's got mummies. Right. Mm-hmm. But we have mummies from Europe and South America. We have a modern mummy. Um, modern mummy. Uh, It was a person who donated his body to science to be mummified using the traditional Egyptian methods. Um, And so he was mummified about 25 years ago. Did they put all of his uh, organs into jars and stuff like that? I don't know the answer to that. Is he um, anonymous? Kind of Do we know his identity? No, he was anonymous. His family was so told that he was his body was famous. donated to a long-term science experiment. And that's and what it was. He gave it for that purpose. Very but cool. There's also animals and there's all kinds of um, related artifacts. And it was, when I walked through there after they first set it up, it was just, it was breathtaking. I mean, you're seeing things and people that are, and animals that are 4,500 years old wow. um, yeah. in the space here in Pittsburgh. And this is a, something that you can't see in a lot of places. So we're cool really stuff. honored to have something yeah. here. Yeah. So if you go to uh, CarnegieScienceCenter.org, you can learn more about that. Plus also Indeed. there's a whole tab there for the awards where you can go and do your nominations. I encourage yep. you to do that. Absolutely. And so Jason Brown, thanks for hanging out with hey, us Hey, thanks today. for having me. It's great yeah. to be here. We love partnering with you on this Jason. event. It's a, it's a crucial thing that, that you guys do and we're glad to help you. Yep. And we appreciate out, that. So. We look forward to those nominees and if you're not nominating somebody just come to the awards ceremony. It's Indeed. a wonderful event. Yeah, Perfect. I look forward to seeing you all there. We'll be Excellent. There. We're all taking right. a quick break. We're coming right back. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And Gina Winstead. She's filling in for Audrey Russo tonight. So I tell you what, Gina. Yes. Way too much fun hanging out mm-hmm. on Tech Five Radio. I've been doing this show for years and years and years and years. I don't get sick of it. Because you always have the coolest people coming in. they got great stories. They're working for cool companies. Most definitely. And, and I'm I, not sick of it because this is only like my first couple times. And I love it. You're filling in for Audrey Russo, and I appreciate you stepping up because Audrey's always in a million places at once. <laughs> I'm right here <laughs> with you guys. And Audrey's, Audrey's like, we need someone to co-host for me. I'm like, let's get Gina in. She said, you yes. for advocating for me. You're Absolutely. So wonderful, no, Gina, you've been at the council for like, what, just uh, over a year now? Almost a year, like a year and a half, year and nine months. Oh, I see, time's good. time flies when you're having fun. You've been here how long, Jonathan? 22 Let's years and there. something else. <laughs> but you're doing great. Even even greater than me is our guest. <laughs> yes. Our guest today, absolutely, a Parker Snyder from Etzel Engineering and Bill. What a cool name, too. Yeah. Thank you. Parker Very Snyder. Cool. You should totally LLC that. It's like It sounds like a business already. I feel like you give me investment advice. Like, I know, Parker <laughs> Or actually engineering building device. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> Could be a little both. A little bit of both, yeah. exactly. So you got a great story. Before we jump into yeah. it, you told me that you lived in Warsaw for 10 mm-hmm. years. I think that's kind of cool. And you came back to Pittsburgh after all that. <laughs> that's right. I say Pittsburgh's a city where you can boomerang very easily. If if you go out there and you find that whatever reason you have this uh, desire to return and you, you want to join a great company and, and live in a cool city, you can get back here. And that's what I did. I lived for 18 years outside of Pittsburgh, and then I moved back in 2016. Very cool. What brought you back? Well, at the time, I had my second child, a daughter, and I realized that I really wanted to raise them here in the city where I'm from. 
And in Warsaw, where I lived, it's a it's an urban environment, and you're living in a in a high rise, and you have an mm. apartment. And I just looked outside. Went into yard, right? I wanted not only I wanted my kids to have a green grass to play footage. play football, play soccer. There you yeah. go. Yeah. So cool. we 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 I boomerang back, and I dragged my wife uh, <laughs> kicking and screaming. <laughs> she's loving it, I hope. Right? She's she's doing very well. Good. That's yeah. awesome. So give us the details, the elevator pitch on what Etzel's all about, because you guys work on some really cool projects, and I'm excited for our listeners to learn more about. Yeah, we do. So we can start right here where we're at, at Innova Place. Um, We've done a couple cool projects here. We've built out two data centers, large data centers, and we've redone the front entrance for the developer, Ferris Properties. Yes. And it seems like, um, I guess, what one thing you might remember about Etzo is whoever we work for, they tend to invite us back. Mm. Because we're, we do an open book process, okay. so that basically means that we show everyone what we spend, ah. and so it's transparency where lots of things can be kind of hidden and remain cloudy. I would that's have right. To assume, right? That's right. So if you're, let's say, you're getting ready to renovate your own house, and you have no idea what it should cost or might cost, you have no idea what you want to do. You work with a contractor that does open book, uh, guaranteed maximum price, and it's basically a way of saying, hey, look. We won't spend any more than $100,000. And if we spend less, we'll actually give you that money back. Mm -hmm. And we're going to open our book at the end and show you exactly what we spent. And that process, open book contracting process, is really attractive to owners that are going to do the same thing again and again. Sounds honest and fair. They just want want an open book process, and that's kind of what we excel at. Well, I think even more interesting than that, and that's totally cool, but the fact that you're building like server rooms and mm-hmm. stuff like i mean that's, that's right serious construction that has it's not just any kind of construction i mean it, yeah. it's super high level super technical has to meet all but types security. of crazy standards and security and stuff like that yeah we call it mission critical that's the name of the industry that we work in and it's basically anything that needs redundant power so if the lights go out uh you your computer server cannot go down have to stay up has to stay up and we use all kinds of fancy technical equipment, um, which we, we call UPSs, un- uninterruptible power supplies, and generator backup. I need one of those for my house. You can, can get can one. Can you get me a deal on one of those? <laughs> no, I just want to know that it won't. But I like you it. never know. <laughs> yeah, there, there are UPSs people make for computers. If you plug your personal computer into it and you lose power in your house, there's maybe, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes of power backup, maybe a little mm-hmm. bit more. But that's an example of how someone in the exactly. home might make use of it. So it's so interesting. I mean, the, the scope of the projects were something like you know, data centers, but then the front entrance of Pharos. Which, you know, to me is like two very diverse. Completely different. Yeah. Uh, but you know how we get that kind of work is we work for a client and then the landlord says, hey, who did you use? And they said, oh, we use this company. Give them a call. They did good for us. And so landlords often ask their tenants who they use for their fit outs. So here, I, I, I presume this is the, the case, Ferris property asked a tenant that locates in their space, hey, who did you use? And they called us in. And of course, we work you know, over time to build a relationship, and then they, they gave us the, the front entrance. But not only, I'll mention something really cool we did. We did a roof replacement, and we located and, and lifted into place heavy air conditioning equipment on a Sunday morning at 6 a.m. 
these helicopter. We got a helicopter all the way from. Oh I think God. it came from Michigan. Oh my yeah. gosh! Flew to Allegheny County Airport and it and it transported this air conditioning equipment in a very tight hour and a half window. Four minutes, six minutes, I think it was. It lifted it, put it in the place. Lifted it, put it in the place. It was. And we had to close the roads. That's mission the critical, very, right very there. Mission critical. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was. It was pretty crazy. And we had people like in these know. in these residential towers at six a.m. peeking out, asking yeah. what's going on. What's dangling from that helicopter? I know. <laughs> it's terrifying. So I know there are a lot of reasons for people to take a better look at Edsel, but just. Um, I've heard that you have pioneered a program that saves 20% on construction costs and 15% on project schedule. So what are some time-saving and cost-saving techniques that you can implement for some of our member companies? Yeah, so what we do is we've pioneered a process, um, Reg Etzel, our president, calls the Advanced Master Builder Program, AMBP. And what that basically means is we own the contract direct. So instead of hiring an electrician who goes and buys a generator – and brings it into the building, and then we hook it up. We actually go out and buy the generator. We go out and buy the lights, and we own a lot of purchasing, and that gives us a direct relationship with vendors. It cuts out markup because we don't have to I was going to say, right, markup goes, goes way right there. Yeah, but it also gives us direct control over the project. So in the beginning, a generator is a huge, expensive piece of equipment. Right. And if we buy it, we know exactly what we're getting. So when we go to build a concrete pad for the generator to sit on, we already have all the – You got the specs. You know you're going to build the right mm-hmm. size concrete pad. I bet you many times where there's miscommunication, you build the wrong size pad, and then it holds the project up because you got to redo the pad. That creates Ordering more expense. Right. And, product. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 So this makes a lot of sense. It just streamlines everything. It does. It streamlines it, and it makes it um, just a win-win because the owner gets something that's a little bit less expensive, but the quality is even better. Absolutely. So that's, that's kind of our – that's our uh, process. Very cool. Very yeah. cool. So what are your thoughts having come back to Pittsburgh? You're working for Etzel. I mean, obviously, you're on these really cool projects, like everything from like putting in, as we said, you know, massive data centers to making sure that Pharaoh's properties that are Nova Place looks great, which, yeah. by the way, it looks fantastic. You roll past. Thanks. Come see us. Taking the facade of an old mall and trying to make it something you want to actually walk into is, is no small task, and you guys – made it look great. Well, the credit there goes to the Ferris team because they have a vision for this building right. and they've invested a lot. But what do I think about Pittsburgh yeah. and having coming back? I think the coolest thing is the neighborhoods that we live and work and play in today weren't necessarily the neighborhoods we would have done that 10 years ago. Definitely not 20. That's a good point. Right? So I look now and I look at places like um, East End, the Hill District, um, parts of Lawrenceville, Aspenwall, um, Millvale, Etna. None of those places I would have hung out with in high school, hung out in high school. And but now we we live there. We drink beer there on the weekends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's great. One of the best breweries is in Sharpsburg, um, which is five minutes from where I live. I live in Aspenwall, and you get that sense that you know it's not just urban redevelopment, but people are changing and retooling their lives yeah. and the way they they live and work. Yeah, we're really working on investing on the people and the places in some of these areas to get them up to economic speed with the rest of Pittsburgh, and that's really important. Um, what is What's some of the new developments that you can tell us about that we might not know that well, we should I'd, be on the lookout for that you can announce? Yeah, so um, I was just at lunch today with a, a couple professionals from a civil site company, and they're looking at projects all throughout Pennsylvania in the senior living category. And it's not maybe as sexy as the data center and technology mission critical. That's pretty important, though. Yeah, but it's a huge segment, and you're seeing um, senior living and senior care facilities going up all over and they're part of communities that are that are being built in places um, and in the context of those senior care centers going in we talked about the redevelopment of the corridor between the airport 
and the Cracker facility in Beaver. Absolutely. The and 376 that, corridor, it's yeah. a big deal. So that should be a catalyst for a lot of a lot of redevelopment and Great. change. And if people want to learn more about Etzel, where can they go and check you guys out? Well, that's funny you ask. So we now have social media feed and we have – do? Yeah, we've never had that before. We just got it started. So we're on all the social media sites and if you just Google up Etzel Engineer Ampersand Build, I'm gotcha. sure if you just do Etzel Engineer Build, you'll get there. Okay. Um, you'll find us on social media and we have our own website and – very cool. And Perfect. I just want to say from my side, I want to say thanks for all that you're doing. Oh, and yeah, Audrey. Yeah, thank you. you know, and yeah. Gina we, and everyone. Good yeah, stuff, thank Parker. You, yeah. Parker. You're helping to make this place more beautiful and more economically sound. So thank you. Yeah, we're doing a small part, but we're happy to be part of it. Good stuff. Parker Snyder from Etzel Engineering and Build. You guys are the best. Great to have you here. Thank taking, you. We're taking a quick break. More tech vibe coming right at you. This is Jonathan Kirsting. This is Gina Winstead. Learn more about us at pghtech.org. So I tell you what, Gina, I'm really glad you're here hanging out with us on Tech Vibe, filling in for Audrey Russo. It's so cool to be here today. I'm really excited about our guests coming up. It's cool. Isn't it fun hanging out in the Huntington Bank podcast studio where we're recording all these things these days? It's amazing. There's black and gold everywhere in the room. I don't think everyone knows that, but yeah. it's something designed by Jonathan Kirsten. It was complete <laughs> random design. <laughs> so Pittsburgh. But the best part of our design working. is a big green banner in there. It's a yes. Huntington Bank. It makes it kind of fun. So We like being in here, but better than being in here, just hanging out, talking about our the colors in the walls, the great guests yes. that we have, Gina and Tom Lowers is here from Bird Tom. Brain Technologies, which is a, such a cool company. I just, everything you do, it combines all these wonderful things like robotics and teaching kids to learn and mm-hmm. all that kind of great stuff. So yeah. thanks for hanging out with us, Tom. Yeah, I'm so happy to be here, and, and you're right. It's a lot of fun to 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 run my business and also to see all of those projects and see all the students using our products. And know you're changing lives here. Like you're, 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 you're turning, helping kids turn you're a leaf onto, onto technology and learning and fun stuff. Well, I, I, I think of myself as one piece in that puzzle. I mean, we work with lots of teachers and the teachers are really the ones who are changing the lives, but we, we'd like to provide them with the tools that they need to do that. Most right? definitely. So give our listeners just a quick, a quick elevator pitch so we just know the ins and outs of, of uh, a bird brain. And we've got some really cool products to talk about, which I'm excited. Yeah, so Bird Brain Technologies' mission is to inspire deep and joyful learning for all students. And what that means is that we focus on, on developing tools to use in classrooms so that we truly reach all students and that we can use those tools or teachers can use those tools to create learning experiences that you'll remember, right? So think about, like, going back in time and, you know, how you were in elementary school or middle school, probably there are just a few experiences there that that really stuck with you. And we're trying to help teachers create those experiences for their students that really stick with them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what are some of the greatest responses you've seen from this being implemented in classrooms? Because I know if I would have walked into a classroom in uh, elementary school or middle school and seen your product, I would have just lost it. Yeah. And and describe his product. He's got this. It's it's a a robot, but it's a bird robot. (laughs) You can program it to do stuff. A couple different products. Exactly. Yeah, so tell, tell us about the products and then tell us about the reception from the students. Okay, so let's start with the Hummingbird Robotics Kit. And I should preface this by saying that all of our products uh, came out of research collaborations with Carnegie Mellon University mm-hmm. and spun out of the Create Lab. And I was actually a PhD oh. student there at a decade ago kind of helping develop these products. You've been at this for a while. Though. Yeah, this is, this, so is, cool. this is literally like 15 years of my life right now. Yeah. Um, so the Hummingbird Robotics Kit is all about um, merging arts and crafts 
with robotics. And so the kit itself, what you get is kind of a bundle of wires with sensors and motors and lights and a microcontroller that students program. Do you ever call it bird guts? <laughs> I, I do call it the guts of a robot. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, we're, we're sort of on the same page there. Um, and what students do is they, you know, they take these electronic pieces and they mix them with an arts and crafts project. So one of my favorite projects to come out of this that I've seen teachers and students make. Um, the, so Jane Sweet, um, a teacher at, in McKeesport, created a project called That's Moving Master. Yeah, Moving Masterpieces. Wonderful. So take like um, famous artworks and then add some robotic elements to animate them. So instead of Starry Night by Van Gogh, you recreate Starry Night, but now things are blinking around, moving around in that picture. Some moving and stars and yeah, shooting stars, right. I bet, right? And the students create that. So the, basically any project like that, any tie-in to arts or humanities, we've also seen projects like Robot Shakespeare, Robot Poetry, mm-hmm. um, that's sort of where the hummingbirds shine. It just seems like robots make everything more interesting, right? Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I think they're. I think what they are um, is that they are a a great way to break down the walls between the different disciplines. Mm-hmm. So robotics itself is a very interdisciplinary field, but when it gets applied in elementary or middle or high school, you know, it's bringing in computer science and computational thinking and engineering design, but it's also merging with with arts and crafts and with hu- content from humanities or sciences or math. Mm-hmm. And so it's showing students and teachers, honestly, that, um, you know, learning isn't about these narrow tracks. Like, there isn't really just an English class and you do just language arts in there. And there isn't just a math class and you do math in there. When you get into the real world, you apply all of your skills in an interdisciplinary fashion. And that's what these projects allow. So I've seen your product in action from one of the local schools in the area. And it sounds like a lot of the times they are combining the arts and technology. Mm -hmm. So you'll have an art teacher who will implement the physical uh, construction of the product. And then you'll have a technology teacher who is teaching you how to put the bird brain guts inside (laughs) uh, to, to build this full robotic product. Mm -hmm. Um, And what was your inspiration to tie in the arts and technology so much for this product? So that really came out of the research process. Um, Way back in the late 2000s when we were university researchers developing this, we were trying to develop something that would appeal to a broad audience, again going back to reaching all students. And um, it turns out that arts and crafts are a great way to do that because every fourth Mm -hmm. or fifth grader knows Mm -hmm. how to build with cardboard. It's just something that's kind of innate. And so if you can make the building experience kind of based on that, then you can introduce this sort of unfamiliar robotic stuff um, in a way that, that is accessible to everyone. And then the, the ties to, like, science and English language arts and art, those came from the teachers. Mm-hmm. So once we had the product out in the world, honestly, I have to credit, like, a lot of local teachers for innovating with ways to use it. Yes, I've seen, uh, just to give an example of one of the products that I saw put together by a student, I believe in a fifth grade classroom, was a sloth hanging from a tree. And so they were using cardboard to build a tree and then drawing onto the cardboard. And then there's a lot of fur and glue to kind of put this makeshift sloth together. And then also programming that sloth to move and rotate in such a slow fashion, which nice. most of the robot, <clears throat> most of the robots were, were high-functioning 
very fast moving right. in this, this is one. a slow bot. Slowly yeah. rotating. <laughs> a, a sloth bot. Circular, <laughs> sloth. circular movements. It. it was really cool. And it was also based off of, I believe, a book. So there's also yeah. that language arts that's right. being incorporated. And, Man, you know, really it's connecting getting, all the dots. Yeah, connecting all the dots and really getting the students engaged. And that's amazing that, that, was, that the one you were talking about previously is in McKeesport School District. It's a school district I went to. And it's just so nice to see the progress um, mm-hmm. in some of these STEAM classes that are coming out of school districts who were sometimes not on the cutting edge and not on the the front of technology in the past. Yeah. So tell us about Finch 2.0. Yeah. And some of the new things are coming up because yeah. I know it's a it's it's a bright future for you Love at Bird Brain. There. Finch it's been from Bird super Brain. busy. Yeah. So we've we've been. Um, We've been in this busy product development cycle where, you know, we just released the third generation of Hummingbird, and now we're releasing Finch 2.0. And what the Finch 2.0, or what the Finch um, is really about, is about providing a physical expression of a student's program to be kind of an engaging introduction to computer science and coding. So instead of writing some, some program that does something on the screen, now you're writing a program that does something in the real world via this robot. And so it's all about supporting, you know, computer science, computational thinking at every level. So one of the things that we've done with the Finch is, both the Finch 1 and the Finch 2, is really trying to develop something that's appealing at all grade levels and at all ages. Well, that's and, pretty tough, man. Yeah. That's, a, that's a big order right there. So, I mean, part of that is designing hardware that's kind of appealing to both kids and adults. And that's, yeah, that is that is tricky. But a lot of it is also um, making it so that it's challenging for both a five-year-old and a 15-year-old. And the way you do that is by making it programmable in ways that a little kid can start with, but then also tying into like Java or Python or programming languages that real software developers use so that they can use it in high school and college courses as well. That's so wonderful. powerful stuff. I mean, Can you talk a little bit? I, we met just recently, but you mentioned this loan program that you have with Finch 2.0. And it sounds like a great way to incorporate uh, this product to some school districts that might not have the resources immediately to implement um, and to acquire your product. So can you tell me a little bit about your loan program? Yeah. So we started the loan program with Finch 1 way back in 2013. And it's um, the idea there is schools and libraries can apply to this program to borrow robots for up to two months. We ship it to them for free. We, sh- we also give them a label to ship it to the next place. Return shipping, come on. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's an entirely free program. And the idea was, again, you know, to reach all students, we wanted to reach schools and libraries that were serving the underserved and that may not have the, you know, the capacity to buy a classroom set right away. That's and awesome. With yeah. that program, we've reached at this point, almost 200,000 students and loan to 1,000 schools and libraries. Wow. That's over an seven amazing years. stat Impressive. right there. How um, cool is that? Yeah. How cool Thank is that? You. Very cool. So what's so obviously we're, we're getting close to 2020. What else is happening at Bird Brain? I mean, you guys have such momentum behind you. I just yeah. love seeing this. I remember back like 10 years ago when you were just kicking this thing yeah. off and just the progress you've made is just absolutely fantastic. So. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been an amazing ride so far and, and I hope it can continue. The last thing that we're planning to release or that's kind of, you know, within the next 12 to 18 months mm-hmm. is Owlet, which is a line of elementary math tools. And, we have been funded by the National Science Foundation um, to develop these tools with the Carnegie Mellon Create Lab. 
And here what we're trying to do is bring this sort of same idea of electronics and hardware into math classrooms specifically and really focus on math education because when we talk to teachers and administrators trying to kind of figure out what should our next product be, um, they kept pointing us back to we really need kids to be more engaged in math. We really need tools to engage them in math. And some of our tools like the Finch and the Hummingbird already can tie into math concepts. But here we were going like one step further and like really, really dedicating it towards that designing for math. Interesting. And so that's that's that line is coming out in the next yeah twelve to eighteen months. Very cool. So people go to what birdbraintechnologies.com and they can right. learn all about it. Tom, we couldn't be more proud of you, man. This yes, is like awesome you. stuff, man. And you stayed in Pittsburgh. Yeah. yeah. You did this work through CMU, and we really appreciate that. You're also a KIZ company. Just gonna yeah. throw that out yep. there. Yeah. Just graduated from that tax credit yeah, program. We're, we're in uptown. Thanks to the <laughs> state of Pennsylvania for that part too. Very cool. <laughs> Awesome stuff. Once again, yeah. Bird Brain Technologies, Tom Lauer, you're the best. Yeah, and if you want to see really cool videos of all this yes. stuff, yep. check out our Twitter feed, just at Bird Brain Tech. Perfect. Look forward to yeah. it. Good stuff. Hey, we're taking a quick break. we got a lot more Tech Vibe Radio coming, coming right up. in front of you. Absolutely. This is Jonathan Kirsting. And Gina Winstead. We're from the Pittsburgh Technology Council. Learn more about us at pghtech.org. You are indeed listening to Tech Vibe Radio this Wednesday night. It's been a heck of a show. Love hosting with my, my new fill-in co-host, Gina Winstead from the Pittsburgh Technology Council. Hello, hey, everybody. Thanks for taking Audrey's place for the show. I'll take her place anytime. We, but like just for today is good enough. <laughs> yeah, no, it's been great having you here with me, Gina, because like I said, the Tech Vibe radio plane does not fly itself, and it needs two captains. Right? I will co-pilot for you today. I appreciate that. So I, I think we saved our best segment for last. Yeah. We've got a great program we do at the Pittsburgh Technology Council. It's the EDGE program. We have Andrea Kruger here who leads this thing up. Hi, and everyone. Andrea, how are you doing today? I'm great. Yeah, we're glad to have you here. Thank you. EDGE is one of my most favorite things to talk about. I think it is, exactly. <laughs> and you brought somebody with you, Andrea. I did, yes. Yeah, someone who's kind of gone through the program and knows what it's all about and can really talk to the effectiveness and the power of it. So, Yes. I'm very excited to welcome my friend Astral. And uh, she's going to share with us about her experience. She just recently graduated from our nine-month cohort. And uh, I'm eager to hear all of her thoughts about her experience. But before we jump into our fun conversation, I just want our listeners to give us us the basics, really the background of what EDGE is, how it works, and the fact that there's some deadlines that if you want to be part of this program that you got to, like, apply for it by a certain date. Absolutely. So I want to make sure we we kind of set the stage on that first. Yes. And then we can get rolling off and have some fun. Yes, for sure. So the program kicks off in January. It's a nine-month program that goes until September. And the deadline to apply to be part of this coming year's cohort is November 11th. And um, I, we've just had a, a few days just, left. Yeah, so if not, you're too, do it. not too much longer. We did have a full class last year, and I'm absolutely expecting us to have a full class and sell out again this year. So uh, we do take applications. And so if you're interested in being part of this cohort, then you can just contact me. Uh, through the Tech Council's website and uh, get the information. No yeah. pressure, but get those applications in. And Gina's actually a EDGE grad as well. I yeah. am. I Wait, graduated. I forgot about that. <laughs> How did I not remember that, Gina? I don't know. 
you're not in the room when it's all no. women <laughs> and the edge cohort. No dudes so allowed. Just, no That's dudes why. allowed. Exactly. Um, but I tried getting in. Like, no. <laughs> you can still apply. I'm trying to be as inclusive as possible. <laughs> That's cool. Um, but, yes, we, we graduated in September, September. and I was in a mm-hmm. part of this cohort with Astral. So it's really great to see her here today, and we're both growing professionally yes. and providing coaching and leadership to other women. So. If there's one thing I have noticed, I've, I've known quite a few women who have gone through the program, and there is this marked difference after you've gone through the program. I don't know. It's like this air of confidence. <laughs> like, it's seriously, like it, that there's something that happens, and I think that's what we need to talk about. So, Gina, what's the best way for us to start off and, and kind of get the conversation rolling about what EDGE is and, and how intense it is as well, too? That it's not just this thing you show up to every once in a while. Right. But it becomes like part of your life. Yes, it's very intense. It's, it's similar to going through any other leadership program, kind of like a little mini MBA, actually. You learn a lot about how to be a better coach and how to be a better mentor, how to seek allies and sponsors mm-hmm. um, for yourself professionally. And there's a lot of things that we learn also along uh, the lines of branding and negotiating and so I think that's why we have Astral in the room here today to tell us a little bit about what were some of your greatest takeaways from the EDGE program this past year. Absolutely. So hi, everyone. Um, so what are my takeaways? So when I first started EDGE, um, you know, I felt kind of stuck in my career and, you know, not really knowing what I wanted to do. Right. Whether it's, I interesting, want- it's interesting you say that because yeah. this is for mid-career people. Mm-hmm. So folks like us who are kind of like mid-career, you reach that point where you're kind of feeling like you're doing the right. same thing. You're not getting that on a plateau. Absolutely. So, yeah, I digress. Yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, I had, you know, I was feeling stuck and not sure whether I wanted to jump into management or, you know, just where, really where I wanted to go in my career. And, um, you know, being a part of EDGE really made me realize how, you know, I help people on a daily basis, and, I, and I'm constantly empowering people and how I can take that and really apply it in my everyday job. Um, having a seat at the table and, you know, really connecting with our VPs and, you know, SVPs and things like that and building that network and how important that is. Makes sense. So. Absolutely. Yeah. So I know I came out feeling like I could take over the world. <laughs> and some of the women in our program have, um, you know, started new businesses, gotten promotions already, and we just graduated um, in September. So this is a program that really elevates and and promotes you and encourages you to take that next step yeah. in your career. Um, I think that every boss should consider nominating one of their employees for this program. But Andrea, what would you say is your number one reason for boss? to consider this uh, leadership program. Right, right. Well, um, I would say that this program is for those high-potential women in your organization who you really can see moving into some higher-level leadership positions, but there might just be a few areas, confidence being one of them. That's one of the things, Jonathan, you picked up on, that the women who go into the program are really strong, achieving women anyway. But this just kind of, as one of our grads says, it's overdrive, a jetpack yeah. to her back. A she says pack. that wow. this was her jetpack. I mean, the girl was already going to get promotions. But after uh, graduating from EDGE, um, since she graduated, I think she's had four promotions. So it's just going to take the women in your organization farther, faster. And um, 
our statistics from the first two classes that we graduated were um, half of the women, over half of the women had received promotions within their organizations or outside of outside of the organization. So um, it really, it, it, it's a program that's about personal and professional growth and transformation. So this is something that's not just going to help the women in the office, but also in, as she goes out into her daily life and exactly. her family. And, you know, because what you take out of the office, you bring back in Absolutely. and vice versa. So this is really an all encompassing program. So what does a what would a participant expect from a time commitment on this? Because, like I said before, I know this is intense. Uh, it, it's it's definitely a, a time commitment. It's something that when you get into this, like it's right. There's no turning back. Right. So there's so it's a nine month program, and there are four in person sessions and five virtual sessions, and then. Um, Above and beyond that, you can, you're connected with what we call a triad, so two other women. So there's three of you in a group, and you meet monthly, either virtually or in person, depending on what your group's interest is. Okay. And you practice some of the skills, like the coaching skills Gina was talking about. You practice those together. Uh, there are assigned readings and videos and things like that. And, uh, I, you know, I always say as much as you put into the program is what you're going to get out of it. So um, for those women, which, I mean, what women isn't busy, but for those busy women who are thinking, I don't know if I have the time to commit to this, I would say that um, – uh, the commitment is manageable for a full-time working mom, and if there ever is a month where you can't get to the assigned reading or you can't complete everything, you know, there's no, there's no, um, you know, punishment or you're, you're no not, punishment. You're what not, fun is that? No, Come you're on. not. You know, it's not like you're getting graded. This isn't an MBA class. Like this is, you know, a a group that is designed um, to help empower women. So I feel like this is better than an MBA class for some reason. Mm-hmm. Just from the standpoint, like I said, when I see people coming out of this, when I hear the, the, the results from it, I feel like this is something that goes deeper than just having a skill set. It becomes a yeah, way that yeah. you're kind of living your life. And I, I just have to add to what you said about the virtual versus in person. A lot of us in, in our cohort, we were actually wishing that those virtual sessions were in person. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, and I know there's a reason behind why you, you have the virtual and in person. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we were like needing to be in person, you know, so mm-hmm. whenever we got together, it was like, oh my gosh, we, this is exciting. We I feel are like looking you're, forward to this. You're building some lifelong connections yes, there. Absolutely. It feels like. yeah. yeah. Right. And we do, um, we use Slack this year as a communication tool so that all of the women oh, were, Slack. you know, had Slack at their fingertips to connect with each other and sharing resources and celebrating successes and asking for support and for help. So this is definitely a network. And, and that Slack channel is a group that's going to continue on, yes. you know, for years and years. Beyond I never thought about that. Program. So, yes, yeah, so actually, in some ways, the program continues because you have these yes. connections and you're staying pretty close in touch, it seems like. so. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and a lot of the women that are coming to these sessions are working in very male-dominated offices. And that's pretty much mm-hmm. the, reason, the reason behind the Edge Women's Leadership is to get more women in executive positions and technology. You know, the numbers are pretty startling, but... Tech's got some crazy startling numbers when yes, it comes to women in leadership it's positions. Around they, they 25% just, of, terrible, of right. the IT workforce uh, is made up of women, and then when we talk about executive positions and leadership roles, that number really dwindles. It starts dipping. Yeah, and then when, when we also put on the lens of race and women of color, those numbers it are gets even, even lower. Yeah, so, this is, so we've done a really great job. I think Andrea has done a really wonderful job at bringing in a lot of different women, especially in the Pittsburgh region, 
Um, we've been reaching more women of color in our cohorts as well. And Excellent. I think that's very important to make sure that the industry is Absolutely. keeping up with the trends. We are, we're competing against many cities that are much more diverse. And um, Andrea's done a really great job at that. And I just wonder, going forward, Andrea and Astral, what are some techniques that you think you can use to, to recruit some more women of color into EDGE? So for me, I really think that it's, you know, word of mouth and really using your, leveraging your network. Talk to your networks. Talking, you know, talking, getting it out there. Um, You know, I've spoken to my mom about it, but she's in (laughs) in New Jersey. So Mm -hmm. maybe expanding it for people that are outside of the Pittsburgh area as well. You know, um, I don't know if that's an option or not, but. Yeah, right, um, right. Yeah, I'm I'm very mindful of mm-hmm. of that whenever I'm doing outreach. We we don't want um you know a cohort of women that all look the same. Right. So you know we really believe what fun that. is that? I mean, yeah, you're, not, I mean you're not getting a representative of what's going diverse on. Diverse ideas, For perspectives, sure. right. backgrounds. So yeah, that's something that I absolutely take into consideration. And I think you know networking and word mm-hmm. of mouth is really key. So a lot of the women who've right. gone through the program are now referring other women in their circles and so that's helping yeah. helping yeah. keep it so just a few seconds left Andrew. once again people want to learn more and they want to go and apply what's the best way for them to go and because uh, there's only a few days left so go to the website pghtech.org and uh, you'll find the section about edge women's leadership and it's our long drop down menu it it, <laughs> it, it it scrolls i apologize in advance but yeah, it's there look right, for edge right. under it's the drop down look for edge and my contact information will be there you can just shoot me an email and uh, read read more about the program watch a video Absolutely. read some testimonials from other women who have right. gone through the program and um yeah. Definitely. And I can't thank Astral enough for stopping by and talk a little Thanks bit about your experience me. there. Great, great, to see you great stuff. Astral, yes. excited to do this. Congrats. <laughs> Very cool. Once again, another tech vibe under our belt. Gina, I couldn't have done it without you. I tried my best. Thank you, JK. Thanks, very, very Gina. good. So just remind everybody, the Pittsburgh Technology Council, been around since 1983, helping tech companies succeed. We love it. We love even more bringing these awesome stories to the airwaves every Wednesday night here on KDKA. So this is Jonathan Kirsting with the Pittsburgh Tech Council. Learn more about us at pghtech.org. And once again, Gina, thanks again for helping me out. Yeah, see you later, guys. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.